0: My Govanen, welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel, I'm the Tolkien Geek, and not too long ago, somebody asked me in the comments why I thought Gollum had such a severe reaction to Limbus Bread and Elven Rope, and I never really put a whole lot of thought into this, and I had kind of like a vague idea, but the more I thought about it, the more I found the question interesting, and so here is a video answer to that question. Now, the first thing that we might be tempted to think of here is something like the Silmarils, because of all the objects in Middle-earth that we can think of, the Silmarils are the most clearly analogous in that touching them causes evil things, pain. It literally burns them. But this analogy fails precisely because of that point. Limbus and elven rope don't seem to permanently damage or physically harm Gollum in any way. He just doesn't like their touch. Why would this be then? I mean, it doesn't really seem to make any sense that we could compare them to the Silmarils, and so this actually kind of goes to my original vague idea, which was, you know, Gollum is corrupted and evil and elvish things are good and the two, when they come into contact, you know, it causes some, you know, discomfort. I don't think that's actually really what's going on, though, now that I've given it a little more thought. And I think there's a few things going on, actually, in this question that really get into some of Tolkien's deeper thoughts about elves and a lot of other things. And we'll never know, of course, probably, how much thought Tolkien put into this specific question. But we do have information about things that he said that give us some good ideas as to why this reaction might be happening on Gollum's part. One of those things is that while we tend to think of elves as being more spiritual, say, than humans, it's kind of actually the reverse. Elves are, while it's true that their spirits are in some ways more potent than the spirits of men, and reading The Nature of Middle Earth, which just came out not too long ago, you really get that Strongly. But it's also true that they are more earthy, more connected with a natural world. And Tolkien specifically actually says this somewhere, and I don't remember where it is because it's been a long time since I read it. It might be in his essay on fairy stories, but he says something to the effect that elves are actually more natural, more nature oriented than humans. Humans, you know, are in some sense less nature bound than elves. And We can actually get hints of this even in his mythology because whereas elves are, as far as anybody can tell, tied to the existence of Arda, man's destiny lies beyond Arda. It is outside the circles of the world, and that's why the spirits of men, while they go to Mondos just like elves do, they leave after a short while to go nobody knows where. Elves are tied to the world, the physical world, and their apparent immortality is really just longevity which is co longeval with that of the world. The world's age is the elves' age, basically. Once the world is over, the elves presumably cease to exist, although there are mentions in some of his mythology about the hope that even elves will eventually outlast the world itself. But none of that is clear. What is clear is that man is not tied to the world. And another thing that we get in this regard, is the fact that the elves definitely do seem to have a lot more attunement to and control over things in the natural world. So a lot of the things that we would take for magic, as Galadriel might, you know, put that in quotation marks, uh, would be things that really are just kind of strong connections to the physical world and being able to use them in ways that men aren't able to do. So, for example, Galadriel's mirror being one of them, you can actually imagine how what Galadriel is doing is not so much using just water and some kind of random elf magic to conjure up images. Rather, if we pay attention, what we can gather from the Silmarillion and other things is that the water is the element in which... Most strongly the music of the Ainur, which is kind of the story of the world, is water is that element in which the music is most resonant to this day. And so the, the sound of waves and rivers and all of that sort of thing, and especially the sea, becomes a very strong theme in Tolkien's works. So when Galadriel is using the water in the mirror of Galadriel, there's a reason why she's using water. It is precisely water which is the most likely to give some indication of what may happen in the future and accurately say what has happened in the past and what is going on in the present. So her ability to do this is actually due to a very close connection to the physical world, the stuff of nature. And there are other examples like this. So that's one thing. Why, you know, elves are very nature-bound things. Now, why is this particularly relevant in Gollum's case? Gollum, although he is not visibly disappearing, is at least somewhere down the road of what Corey Olson likes to call Wraithification, the Wraithification process. He is on his way, to some extent, to becoming a Wraith which is basically a disembodied spirit. You know, the the Nazgul are wraiths because they have literally outlived their bodies. They have lived on, but their bodies have disintegrated or been absorbed in their spirit or something such that they no longer have visible form. Gollum has not yet begun to lose his visibility, but he's somewhere down that road, more so than Bilbo and more so than Frodo. Bilbo, of course, had it the second longest after Gollum, but even he didn't use the ring a whole lot. Gollum had it for hundreds of years, and even though he didn't use it, you know, on a super regular basis, which is why he's not already a wraith, he is at least slowly going down that road. And the only reason he's not farther down that road when we meet him in the Lord of the Rings is because he hasn't had the ring in 60-plus years. So, I mean, it's been a long time for Gollum. If he got the ring again, he would start going down that road still further. Now, if he is becoming less and less physical, and the elves' magic, to the extent that we can call it magic, is actually very earthy and natural, those two things are very much in opposition. Gollum is becoming less connected with the world, and more purely kind of spiritual, and we get this kind of... Idea from Glorfindel's encounter with the Ring race and whatnot. Gandalf tells Frodo later that you saw Glorfindel as he is on the other side because Frodo was also on that path to wraithification because of the wound of the Morgul blade. He's also becoming a wraith faster than he should because, in addition to carrying the ring, he's also been stabbed with a magic weapon. So he's on this road, and so by the time he sees Glorfindel about to chase down the Nazgul and try to get them to run into the river, he's seeing things on the other side. He even sees the Ringwraiths as they are, to an extent, on the other side, in the spiritual realm, not the physical realm. And so we know that the Nazgul kind of exists in that way, and that Glorfindel himself actually kind of exists in both realms at once. Gollum... He's not in the spiritual realm yet, but he is less connected than his previous self to the earthly realm because of the amount of time he's had the ring. And I think this is one aspect of why he has the reaction that he does. This also kind of connects to my other idea, which is along the same lines of evil things hurt by good things, but it's not really quite that simple. You know, this idea is just kind of in the back of my mind, but the more I thought about it, the less it made sense in that broad of a category, but the more it made sense in a slightly more specific, nuanced way. And part of the reason for this is kind of connected to what I just got through talking about, because there is a sense in which Gollum's corruption has really altered what he finds attractive, appealing, you know, anything like that. You know, his his entire world has so radically changed from his previous life before he had the ring that he now finds things appetizing that he would probably not have found appetizing before. He eats raw fish out of a lake, you know, and finds them extremely delectable. He even eats goblins, though, you know, he finds that risky and finds that enjoyable. And given what Gandalf tells us, that he is presumably a you know, an early version of a steward, probably, or some other hobbit clan, he presumably would not have found any of that appetizing before he found the ring. But in in his time with the ring and his corruption into a much more evil person, he has learned to like things that are bad and dislike things that are good, which is why when he comes out of the Misty Mountains... And even when, before he went into the Misty Mountains, he found that he was hating the sun. He didn't like beautiful things. He was you know, he started to hate most everything about the natural world that most of us would think of as you know, without those things, life would be dreary and not as worth living as it is now. So, even though the evil-good dichotomy is not quite so simple as Gollum bad, eating good thing or touching good thing makes him hurt, it, it's Still, kind of true in the sense that his tastes have been corrupted so much that he can't even like something good. And we get a little hint of this too because when he eats the limbus, and you know he spits it out and says this is disgusting. Frodo says, "Well, I think it would actually help you. It would benefit you if you could make yourself eat it over time. It would actually make you better." And Gandalf and the elves seem to have kind of the same idea. If we can get him outdoors and you know, have a little bit of freedom and experience the world as normal people like to experience it in the open air, the trees, in the sunlight. If we can get him to do those things over time, we might effect a cure. And so Frodo, in his thinking, is kind of going down the same path. The lembas is a very good thing to eat. It is sustaining, it is presumably extremely nutritious, whatever you want to call it. But it's certainly good, and if Gollum can get his own tastes acclimated to eating good things, he would probably start to improve in other ways, or it would be a sign of his improvement in other ways. Not only this, but again going back to the idea of elven magic, is the idea that the elves, when they make things, put their thought the thought of all the things that they love into the things that they make. And one of the elves tells Merry and Pippin this in Lothlorien when they give them the cloaks. And Pippin asks, is this a magic cloak? And the elf is like, I'm not sure what you mean, but we do put the thought of all that we love in them. And certainly from a mannish perspective, that cloak is magic. It seems to change color with the environment to more, you know, effectively hide you from prying eyes. And so there is an element of the idea that elves put their the thought of the things that they love into what they do, and that has a physical effect on them in some way. And in fact, this is exactly why elven swords that glow blue, glow blue. It's because the hatred that they feel towards the orcs was kind of put into those blades and therefore when it is near an orc, it glows blue. It's kind of a sign of that passion that they had in that way that it reacts in a certain way. So the fact that the elves are putting the thought of the things that they love into what they make, what are the things that they love? They are exactly the kinds of things that Gollum has now come to hate. He hates sunlight, he hates you know, all the things about nature that elves would love the most. Gollum likes darkness. He likes being in a cave eating raw fish. And that is more or less the diametric opposite of what you would expect elves to enjoy and love about the world. I mean, like, I'm sure elves eat fish, but they're not going to, you know, catch it and eat it raw out of a subterranean lake. And elves don't like living underground as a general rule to begin with. So... Everything that the elves love and put the thought of into their food and their rope is kind of in a stark conflict with everything that Gollum loves and is pretty much exactly what Gollum hates. And so it is not surprising then that since elven things can have physical effects on the world or just on themselves that if they're going to have those kinds of effects, another one of those would be that anybody who finds detestable the things that the elves love, they will find the elvish things made with the thought of those things that elven loves detestable as well. And so when an elven rope made with the thought of sunshine and starlight and moonlight and everything else comes into contact with somebody who hates the yellow face and the white face, and who thinks that light is terrible, not just for reasons of being shown up to unfriendly eyes, but just in and of themselves, Gollum is going to find that, the touch of that rope, in, you know, just not something he can handle. He's just going to hate it, similarly with the bread. He's not going to like Limbus because of all the same reasons. So I think when you really analyze it down, what we come up with is the idea that a Gollum is at least partially down the road of being anti-physical. There's he's losing his touch with the physical world. And so the very physical things about elves that they, you know, they they put into their work are kind of opposed to that, but even more strongly I think is the fact that everything about elves The way they make things is diametrically opposed to everything that Gollum has come to be in his several hundred year existence with the ring. And so, even though it's not quite as simple as, oh, I have evil flesh and this is a good thing, therefore it, you know, hurts me. It is still, in a sense, that kind of a thing because Gollum has become something which is... which he has made himself to the point where he is unable to tolerate those things which the elves make you know when they make something they put the thought of all those things into what they make and Gollum can't any longer tolerate any of that and so when an elf makes that thing and he comes into contact with it his entire worldview basically is coming into conflict with whatever it was the elf made and so he is put himself beyond the capacity of enjoying it or even just be having a neutral response to it. So that's the answer I came up with for why Gollum has this really strong reaction to Elden rope and Limbus. If any of you out there have theories that are different or kind of related or, you know, whatever... Put them in the comments. I'd be curious to see if anybody else has some interesting thoughts on this because it is an interesting question and it kind of digs at some of the metaphysics of Tolkien's world. So if you enjoy the video, please do give it a thumbs up and share it around. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am at JRRTLore and I drop some Tolkien related trivia questions there pretty regularly of course, also subscribe to the channel and click the bell icon to make sure you get all the notifications for all my videos. I am also on Odyssey and Rumble, and I have podcast versions as well. And you can support me over at Patreon. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namaste.